Happy 2005! Hey y'all. This is Bagatrocious in... Wait, it's it's not 2005? I, I have these glasses and everything that says it's 2005. No, it's 2019. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh... <laughs> God, I gotta work on that bit. That wasn't even in the software. That was me literally saying that sound multiple times. It was f weird. Anyway, welcome to Bag Atrocious. This is Michael Beginski, aka Bagman. Uh, whew, what a holiday. Uh, to keep it as vague as possible. Uh,. It, it really feels like from 08 to 2018 and now into 2019, because in 08 I was like 13 years old, 23, 20, 24 in May, really feels like this is a turning point in my life. Like, I mean, the successes I've had, graduating college, getting my license, Losing now over 120 pounds, which is crazy since September of 2017 to December of last year. I've come to realize that I'm doing okay now. Like, I feel like I can say I'm okay. I'm not perfect i'm not and this is a weird term to use but for the sake of what i'm trying to say i'm not fixed but i feel okay and okay in the sense of a lot of bullshit and anger harbored in me is kind of gone it's weird it's it's just talking about it out loud is weird. But uh, I hope everyone has had a happy new year. Hopefully it will be a happy new year. Uh, even with all this stuff happening around the world. I hope you personally uh, strive to meet the goals you made for yourself and succeed at them. Because... Though I have done that last year with some goals of mine, there's still more stuff to do. Uh, but anyway, besides that... <laughs> well, really, that was mostly that. Um, I played a lot of games recently. I just... For some reason, I just went, saw some holiday sales, and thought, you know, let me purchase these games. Because I need stuff to talk about. And it's fun to talk about these things. So, and stuff that's previously been purchased and awaited for the release. Such as the new last, sort of, DLC for Spider-Man. Uh, for the City That Never Sleeps DLC series, Silver Lining. I mean, again, it's... Like I said with the previous two, it is more Spider-Man, but smaller 
I will say that with the DLC, some people are disappointing that it doesn't hit as enough highs like the main game does. And I understand that completely. But the fact that they still have, like the cinematics they have, they somewhat continue story threads from the main game while focusing on this new story. And though it's typical comic book fare, especially at the end of this with fucking Hammerhead, Jesus Christ. Ha you, you can think this with a lot of Spider-Man villains, but Hammerhead is the Z-list of Z-list villains to me. I mean, he's grown more prominently since Spider-Man as a franchise grown popular in movies, animation, comics, whatever. I don't even, actually know. He's not even in Into the Spider-Verse. He's barely been in a movie yet, I think. But Hammerhead has just been such a, oh, this motherfucker. Oh, right. You got the metal inside your head. Whoop-de-doo. It's like, he's so boring. It's at that time of comics where, even with DC as well, it's just like, we have all these Italian mobster characters to create because we got to have some low-level crime. And I guess that's grounded, but it's boring. It's like... With the main Spider-Man game, yeah, you had some... I wouldn't say grounded villains, but villains that don't have extraordinary abilities besides Vulture. Which I still love that line in the game where it's like... He's the first super-powered villain Spider-Man's ever fought. It's like, right. All these other guys wear just suits and slightly upgraded it's 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 weird to realize that but hammerhead man this is basically this dlc is like well all my tech is being used in ways i don't like simcaria's in trouble i gotta come back you actually fight her for a little bit which is surprising because they never had him fight her in the main game. But here it's like, oh, finally there's a boss fight. Granted, it is a revy, small, quick boss fight. But it's a boss fight. And then there's more speedball stuff. Story goes along. I really like the second episode more than this one. Because this was going into silly shit that I usually like. But... It was almost too silly. It's like, why the fuck? Hammerhead survived because the cliffhanger at the second episode. And now he's trying to become less human from this scientist he's working with. I mean, this is all off screen. You never see it. You see him, what he looks like now, but you never see him being worked on. Basically, him saying this doc, no, make me less human. I want more power. It's like, fucking what? Was, was this a secret motivation for this character from the comics I missed? Because, God, Hammerhead fucking sucks. I know I dedicated an episode of that before, but fuck. He just sucks. Give Moonstone... Oh, God. Wait. Give me a moment. Okay, I'm back. That was my dog barking. You know, the usual. But yeah, Hammerhead just fucking sucks.
he just sucks. But the end of the DLC was decent. It was sudden after the last boss fight. Spoilers with Hammerhead in a fight that was like... I didn't die a lot, but it was a little bit like, okay, this is just... Work of threes. Now he has a shield, and now... Speaking of shield, there's some almost shield-like tech used by the end of this DLC by Silver Sable. They're like... I hope that Insomniac has more stuff to work with besides... Spider-Man rogues and villains and whatnot, because while I like Silver Sable in this rendition of her, I don't want her stuff. Fuck, maybe even with Black Cat, I don't know. I don't want, no, really with Silver Sable, I don't want her stuff to be like a thing focused on in the sequel or whatever, because it's like... Yeah, Silver Sable is pretty cool in this, but Silver Sable in general just is boring. Like, I want. Why? Why is every fucking Spider-Man female villain that was created had to either be someone Spider-Man chases after, has slight romance with, or with Natasha Romanoff, but white hair? bodysuit, everything, and I got a slight accent in a fake country. It's like... That's what basically Silver Sable is. She's a mercenary, and she's just... She, she is literal whitewashed Black Widow. <laughs> not of that... Not the, not the whitewash I criticize or others criticize about. Literal white... It's so weird. I mean, it's silver. Who gives a fuck? It's almost white. Anyway, overall, the ending of the DLC was really cool. And reminder that it's going to be two to three years, possibly four. Who the hell knows how development will go on the next game? Which, they're going to make another game. They're going to make another Spider-Man. You are definitely going to see Miles be a part of that in some way. Especially after the success of Spider-Verse. Like, you are going to see him hopefully playable. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Because, I don't know. The future is bright for Spider-Man as a character. And also, this year in general was just... A lot of things happened for this f character. I mean, both... Steve Dicko and Stan Lee, the creator, died in the same year. Spider-Man was it an Avengers movie. Spider-Man had a successful and beautiful animated movie from Sony. Spider-Man... <laughs> I mean, it sort of counts because it's part of it. But Spider-Man had its first Venom... Excuse me. Spin villain spin-off film with Venom. That's just... It's weird. It's weird how much stuff happened for this character so quickly. And what's going to happen this year as well. I mean, Far From Home, there's a movie still coming out. I don't want to see a trailer for that until after I see Endgame. Because... 
you know. Hell, I don't even know the... F Quick aside, I don't know if the footage for Endgame is going to be real and in the, th in the movie. Because remember, some footage from Infinity Wars trailers never was in the movie, never was even in the deleted scenes. And I'm okay with them lying. <laughs> because I want to be lied to so I can be surprised. Because that's the only way they do on the internet now. You gotta be lied to so when you see it, and then you see stuff you haven't seen in trailers or shared anywhere, it's like, oh shit. Okay. You know? That's the only type of lying I like. From big movie studios. Don't lie about my private information. Lie to me about whether the Hulk will be the Hulk. But also, you should have had the Hulk meet Spider-Man in Infinity War. I'm still... There's still hope for Endgame. Hopefully Mark Ruffalo's okay to do that. Or make more. Please, Mark Ruffalo, stay. It's almost like you just started to be good. Well, you were good. But then things got better for your character. Still hate what happened to Betty. Anyway, uh, next up. Uh, I just wrote a piece on this. That is going to upload soon on... Upload? It's going to be posted soon on my Medium blog. Which you can find at medium.com slash... At Bagman Man, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. I specifically, forgot, uh, 1 p.m. I scheduled it for because this will go up at 12, hopefully, and that will go up at 1 p.m. Shadow of the Colossus is. I, I go into it a little bit in my piece, but I'll say it here for the podcast as well. Shadow of the Colossus is so weird because I technically played the original game on PS2, but not in, in its entirety. And I was aware of it because of watching like a review and like a show called Cheat that Kristen Holt, well, formerly Kristen Holt, she got married and became Kristen Adams. Uh, on G4 we talk about tips to finding some of the Colossus and then also in a way reveal the real message behind the game near the end like the for the final boss like I still remember somewhat how that uh, clips were together the music too so coming to this uh, and also even after the PS3 version because I tried to play through that and couldn't because those original controls suck. Uh, playing this with new remap controls. The remap controls really helped me want to play more of this game. And the visuals as well. And it's actually really cool to go through bosses that I never thought I would get to as a kid. Because I played the demo for this game on PS2 when I used to subscribe to what was called as PlayStation Underground. Now, if you follow sites like GiantBomb.com, they've gone through with some of their premium features of like going through demo discs, especially from like PlayStation Underground, I believe, or maybe it's mostly PlayStation Magazine. I don't remember. But this was sort of around the tail end of the service coming to its end. I should have, I don't know why I said end twice. Whatever. Um... And it had a few demos on it. 
had Sly 3 on it, and I played it even though I already owned the full game. But I just wanted to see what they put there. Uh, I think there was a Ratchet game. There was a few others. I don't remember. But I remember there was the Shadow of the Colossus demo. And it was the beginning. It skipped the intro, which, holy shit, beautifully redone in this new one. Though I actually don't remember what the original is, but I'll get into that for a bit. And that skipped over. It literally goes to when Dorman, I believe that's the name, tells you where to find the first Colossus. I mean, for a lot of people, that's how they remember that game. That first Colossus, some remember for the third one. For me, it's the first one, because that's the thing that really impressed me back in the day. And going to it and trying to fight it, fighting with the controls, it was difficult. I don't remember if I actually completed the demo. Something in my my heart says yes, but my mind says no you didn't. So, who the hell knows. But coming to this, playing it, getting to that first boss and defeating it really quickly felt weird. And and again, I watched a walkthrough from uh, Super Best Friends Play, uh, R.I.P. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. No, it is sad. Uh, I just laugh just thinking about it now. Um, I watched a playthrough of them, you know, just going through it. But thanks to m my memory being bad at times, I actually don't remember what the other bosses look like besides vague recollections. So, oh, don't go into rest mode. Uh, I'm already at the fifth Colossus, or going to, the one that's uh, over this gigantic lake, and you have to whistle for it, I guess. I haven't gone to the location, but I know you have to whistle for it. It's going to come around, fly, and then you're going to jump on its wing, and then you're just in the air trying to survive in this tense fight. I know that. I'm very excited to do that, but yeah, I did four bosses under an hour. It's weird. Also, fuck that boss with the. Um, you have to go through the. I mean, I loved when you had to go into the caves to go on the other side to climb, but I hate that you had to wait for him to do his animation of banging the top of the tunnel, then go another side, then wait till his back arches down a bit so you can grab on it then go i think to his belly not this belly his back and then up to his head to get those spots those were that's my knuckles again those were god gross those were boring to say the least uh not boring i should say not fun other bosses had fun with you know uh, I feel like the only thing I'm struggling with the controls is, is moving the horse at times, because I played a lot of Red Dead 2, so remembering that for this game, triangle is to start your horse and speed him up. R2 is to ready to position yourself to jump off your horse, and X is literally just jump off your horse. But also, if you want to slow down or stop, you have to move back on the left analog stick. And granted, this is for the remap controls, but, yeah, it's something I've got to get used to.
So, you know, so far, I'm having fun with that game. I got it on when it was on sale. I mean, I think its original price was at $30, $40. Even, even at its original price, still worth it to play that game. Especially if you never played it originally on PS2 or even... This, the HD one on PS3, which is so weird that Bluepoint made two different versions of that game. One was just a remaster, and the other is a full-blown remake. Bluepoint is a hell of a team. Okay, next up is a little small... I would say really small game from a team from China called Detention. Basically, this is... A 2D survival horror game? Why am I making my voice sound like this? Okay. Uh, it's a 2D survival horror game where you're this student who you know, was in class. Presume he was in detention. And all of a sudden wakes up to find out that the whole school is empty. Because there's a... There's... A typhoon warning coming into the mainland and they have to he has to go elsewhere to get out and from there he meets this other uh, student from a different grade to go and find out why they're the only ones here so far I don't know uh, and find a way to get out cuz at first, when in the beginning, when I'm exploring, doing the little small, almost like point-and-click puzzles, you're thinking, I, oh, yeah, they're going to get out. But then I realized, wait, no, this is that type of story. It's not that easy to get out, and then you see why. Uh, so far, I'm, I really like the look of it. Uh, this is also available on PC and Switch, and I think Xbox One, maybe. I think also on Switch. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, so far, I'm intrigued about where it's going. I'm still in the beginning. I don't know how long it generally is. Uh, but I think it's worth playing through it just to, uh, you know, play it. So, that's what I'm doing with that game right now. Uh, another game, Thumper. Thumper... Man, I played a demo for this. Uh, was it PSX 2015 in San Francisco? And I think I did the VR version. I don't think I would do any more of this game in VR because holy shit, these levels get so intense. Holy crap. This game, I think, came out like two years ago in 2016. And I finally bought it. Boy, that is rhythm action if I've ever seen it. Holy shit, that game gets intense. I'm on like... Okay, so there's like... Nine main levels in general. And in a way, there's individual levels within these... It's basically area one, two, three, four, so on, so on. And there's individual levels. And they're numbered like, you know... If you played Super Mario World or whatever. Uh, the first area had like 12, 16 levels in it. 
The second area I'm in right now, holy shit, I think it's up to like 23, 25 levels in it. And, man, the stuff that you gotta remember, because like there's new obstacles to how to move your diamond beetle thing to, uh, you know, match literally with the rhythm. And then, especially in boss fights, it's it's something else. It's I really like it. I really like playing it. I'm kind of regret not getting it on Switch because I would take that everywhere with me. Just put my headphones on and just play that. But uh, I started playing that game without headphones at first, and it you know it could still work on a TV. But you should absolutely play this with headphones because it's it's an incredible amount of fun. Uh, I just want to get those small games out of the way. Uh, to get to two main ones I've been playing. Return of the Obra Din. I immediately bought this as soon as so many people had this game show up on their top ten lists. From sites I follow, whatever. And I had to see this mostly and play mostly because i never played uh papers please from lucas pope back when he released that literally well now six but at, in 2018 five years ago i needed to play this new game of his and so far it's gonna take him a while to put my head around it but so far i really like it I really like being this insurance agent, I guess he is, uh, getting on this, I guess, ghost ship, coming in and figuring out how all 60 passengers, crew members, higher officials, all the, how they died, I haven't succeeded in, like, like, I'm remembering, okay, this person, this person, this is Abigail, this is the captain, this is the guy who became the new captain, something, something. But I haven't had the, uh, I haven't been given the, what's the word, the confirmation from the game in however presents it that, okay, you found the right person, you were correct with that. Like... A bit. I'm still trying to work with the mechanics at hand. Uh, but holy crap. Visually, that is such a unique looking game. I should say more than unique. It's... It's... I, it stands up to me personally with the Spider-Man, Tetris Effect, even Red Dead 2 as like it's visually astounding to me it's not high-end graphics but it to me it's aesthetically and visually astounding especially the modes you could change for it i'm on like the main macintosh mode because i guess that's supposed to uh emulate as i use that word lightly the the design aesthetics of early macintosh games or whatever um but yeah it's it's really something. It's that man puts so much work into these games, and I applaud him because they still feel small but packed with so much. This game is no different. 
So I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. But I have to get back to it cuz I haven't played it in a while. Cuz the next game on my list which I'll spend a bit more on is it's a small game, just just a teeny tiny game. Uh well there's one other game that I forgot, but I'll get to that after this one is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I was never intending to play this game up until Jeff said, or excuse me, I shouldn't say a name without referring to where they're from or what Jeff I'm talking about. Uh, Jeff Gersman of GiantBomb.com. I did not want to buy this until he's talked about how this is one of his favorite Call of Duties in a while and how he's actually enjoying it. I'm like, oh. And this is from the person who hasn't enjoyed a Call of Duty since Advanced Warfare. Okay. Alright. Is it Advanced Warfare? Yeah, it was Advanced. Not Infinite. It's okay. Single player especially. But not greatest. And I'm like, alright, I'll try this. Oh, there's a Battle Edition or whatever where on PC you can just buy the multiplayer and Blackout their battle royale mode and that's it don't even worry about the zombies hell yeah okay 28 dollars plus tax hell yeah got it actually really enjoying playing call of duty again but i don't know if i'm doing something wrong where i'm playing with the controller on pc like i don't know how call of duty players play on pc because my whole thing was I have always played Call of Duty on my console, especially on my PlayStation. I don't think I'm losing because of the controller, but it could be a small factor. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm really enjoying playing Call of Duty again, which is surprising had some weird issues where I was trying to deal with the just trying to make sure it can run also holy shit that takes a lot of gigabytes if you don't have 80 gigs or more storage and this is coming from someone who only has 126 gigs I think on this laptop because again didn't get the high-end thing uh, Holy crap, this will eat up your hard drive quickly. And... <laughs> In a way, it's still worth it. It's on the SSD. And... You know, now I have it running at a good frame rate and whatnot. I, I don't understand having unlimited frame rate and then custom. Because the custom almost breaks the game for me. And I don't know that's because... I was confusing the frame rate stuttering with me being connected to the internet from wherever I was and it stuttering and lagging because of that or literally because of the frame rate. I don't know. I had to make sure the RAM was lower because honestly, it's nice in the PC settings for this game. There's a way for you to see how much VRAM, video RAM, uh, the game is using and it's required of it. It's nice. Uh, it also reminds me that I really need to get 
uh, a new RAM for my laptop. Or, hey, even better, get a damn test stop. Because it's a gaming laptop. It's not that high-ending compared to most desktops. Um, but yeah, no single-player aside, I'm actually enjoying this game. I'm trying to get more to play the Blackout mode. Uh, but also still in a way, I'm still trying to wait until I either get a desktop or upgrade my laptop completely. But, um, the bot stuff in the specialist mode where what was, I guess, Treyarch trying to make a story mode is so weird. And they fucking shoehorn, uh... Frank Woods and Mason from the previous one and two, and I guess well, Woods wasn't in World of War. Reznov was, but he's not in this. This is mainly Black Ops one and two. It's coming from, and this is supposed to take place between Black Ops two and three. Which, however you want to make sense of that, go for it. I don't care. Uh, but now it's like. You're just bringing back these two characters just to instill nostalgia. In some ways, Black Ops 2 kind of ended the story for those characters in a way I was okay with. Uh, here, they're literally shoehorned in. Because I feel like people know... Like, the devs know like that people really like these characters from Black Ops. Because the story was, you know... It's not groundbreaking, but it was fun. It was weird. It was stupid. Especially with the numbers. Which, holy shit. I don't know if Frank Woods is supposed to be like a hologram or something. Or someone who's still alive. Who gives you the tutorial stuff. And spoilers for this bot offline mode. But he eventually finds Mason. I burped into the mic. Sorry about that. Um, he eventually finds Mason in this... Mental ward? I guess in a wheelchair? I have no idea what's happening. Like, I barely remember what happened in 1 and 2. All I know at the end of 1... Mason... Just... <laughs> I think Mason just... It was, no, it was a picture showed of Mason behind JFK, and it was trying to, in, uh, not interpret, it was trying to entertain the idea, it's like, oh, Alec Mason, because of what the numbers were put in his head, he killed JFK, and I remember looking at it, I was like, fucking what? <laughs> like, even at my age... Not knowing the things I know now. Even I looked at that back then. I was like, this is fucking stupid. What? Alright, sure. Fuel. Fake conspiracy theories. For the real conspiracy. Fake. Whatever. Defakes. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to play Blackout more. See if I can actually run it. Uh, one of the game I played, besides that, which I heard a lot of people talk about, and only bought because of the changes they made to it, was a game called Chuchel. 
Uh, Chuchul's is is the most point and click, not adventure, but point and click little thing out there, starring characters that make not obnoxious, somewhat obnoxious, but very silly noises, and you're solving puzzles. Basically, it's like someone saw Ice Age, saw Sid the Squirrel trying to get that nut, just like Kendrick Lamar was trying to do. You know, just trying to get that nut. Um, I'm so fucking dumb. <laughs> saw that and thought to themselves, okay, now how can we make a game based on that one short somewhat in the first one longer in the in the next one and others like it segment of Chuchel trying to get his strawberry back how do we make an equivalent and i just said it yeah he's trying to get the strawberry from this other dude that took it from him while meeting other creatures on the way uh i finally also bought it because they got at its amazing depressing how this was not noticed the very blackface minstrel show-esque like look to original design of Chuchil like the fact that other how should I say this the fact that even if you're white if you don't notice how this thing has the very large red lip and the lip is kind of outward from the mouth in a way that is supposed to be exaggerated to look like the stereotype, the very dark skin, or not even skin, it just looks like someone put a chalkboard on his face, a black top chalkboard, and then made it slightly hairy with his eyes, you would see that looks like, you know, the old, very racist, like, I guess they were salt and shake, salt and shake pepper uh, figures of, like, black men and women with, like, makeup used to ridicule and degrade a whole race like the fact that just because you're from another country i know i'm not an expert on this stuff as a white man from long island even if you're from another country there are still aspects of racism that your part of society deals with or excuse me part of the world in your hometown country continent whatever deals with not just racism in the U.S. That's... If you think it's just in the U.S., boy, you dumb as fuck. But the fact that you couldn't recognize that while developing the game that... You know, this doesn't look... How is this going to look towards a Western audience? Literally any audience who are black. Why wasn't this thought before? And obviously it's because there's not enough staff who are of a different race... And not part of the majority where they would recognize, like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. There was probably no one like that on there. And if even if there was, that probably their voice wasn't loud enough or their voice was shut down. So, whatever the case may be, I mean, they apologize for it. 
It's not perfect. Some people won't forgive them. Honestly, I don't mind that people don't for forgive. But, and again, I could be wrong with remembering what it read. At least they didn't blame the audience. Like how most apologies goes for stuff like this. It's mostly either, I'm sorry you were offended. I'm sorry that this might have offended you. No, they owned up to this shit and changed it. And I'm surprised how quickly the update came from the apology, after the apology, excuse me. Because, you know, how do you know that the design of that character was already locked in place and if they did everything it would break the whole game? Like, you don't know. Because game development is a hell of a thing. So, with that said, I think Chuchel, if they... If that stuff wasn't a thing, I would go into this more happy. And honestly, I am happy with the game and this, the horrible blackface gone. Because the game is really silly and cute. And there goes the loud truck. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, still not done. I appreciate there's a little, like, almost like a timeline of, like, how many levels are left somewhat. What's up with the weird Flappy Bird segment in this game? Like, that feels like a weird callback to a game that... Man, I don't even remember when that came out. Or when people were talking about it. Like, again, quick aside. Uh, that was so weird. That random point of time when I was in college. It was probably, yeah, between 2013 and now. Uh, where... God, this trash truck um where people were talking about flappy bird and there was two or three people in particular who and i'm gonna call them out because they don't know who the fuck i am or remember me uh basically talking shit about this one developer who made the game and it's like why is he making the updates like the game is not working why is it it's like dude this guy is getting harassed online because people are expecting more from this developer than what he can do as one single man in the position he's in like fuck off well i didn't say it like that i said it as the way i usually say uh nice things in public but yeah it's like that dude dealt with a lot of shit. I'm just curious if that game... I don't... Well, he did make another game, and then I think he stopped making games altogether. I think it was Dolph N-G-U-Y-E-N, I think. I could be wrong. But... Yeah, that was weird seeing a, a Flappy Bird... Mo like, part in the game. And... Other than that... Again, really enjoying it. I'm also... Uh, I did buy that because of discussions of the game from sites I follow where they played the music from it. And it's the type of silly, goofy shit that I'm into. So, immediately had to buy it. And it was on sale. So, I think I got the soundtrack too. But, uh... Stop going in the rest mode. Yeah, that was basically what I played so far and there's some others uh I haven't really get into them again I mean quick 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 ugh, can't even speak 
quick mention, Burnout Paradise Remastered finally went in and finally bought a game I played 10 years ago, and it's fucking weird to go back that game. And especially weird to go to a game where a lot of the light, uh, quality of life improvements that I expect from uh, open world games, uh, racing games, just games in general are not there. Because in some ways, Burnout Paradise really was the best. And almost in some ways, it's it still holds up as one of the best racing games out there, in my opinion. Like, it still controls well, still know what I'm doing. It's just the little stuff that, I mean, 2008 with games design then was a different beast. Oh my god. Uh... Like, going to the repair shop so you can instantly repair, going to the gas station so you refill your booze, going to the junkyard so you can switch your car around instead of having a menu for it, no fast travel, uh, not even waypoints, I think. You have to follow your guess, your compass, and you gotta follow where the street signs light up. So it's like, okay, no, this is when you're gonna turn. This is when the best place to turn. It's like, it's weird. And it's weird seeing all the DCLC stuff that I never played because I never knew how to connect to the internet on my console back then. And my mother wouldn't pay for PSN back then at like 13. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird looking back on that game 10 years, well, now 11, uh, 10 years on. I just remember getting that in a GameStop in a local town of mine with my cousin, putting that in and hearing Paradise City, remembering the whole soundtrack, fucking with Avril Lavigne's girlfriends playing constantly. Never forget that song. Never forget Avril Lavigne. I hate that joke online about her being a ghost. Oh, what I don't know what the fuck it is. It's so dumb because, like, the eventuality of when she... Ash God forbid. But when the eventuality of most young celebrities who have jokes about them... About their being not really alive and being dead. When that happens, boy, is the internet going to be fucking awkward. But until then... I can't wait to not see it. God. Avril Lavigne is cool. I hope she's doing alright. Anyway. That aside. It's cool to re revisit that game again. And. Yeah. I think that was. I also tried to play the Wipeout H. Well. Not HD. But the Wipeout Collection. Which is so weird. Because I remember. It came out 2017. And it has 2048 HD and Fury. Fury? Fury. Fury. Um, now, I don't remember if 2048 was the wipeout that came on Vita, and HD was on PS3, and Fury was... Fury! Fury. Fury. Um, that came out as DLC on PS3. But I can tell immediately 2048 has a better UI and look to it. 
compare it to HD and Fury. Like, I really enjoy playing 2048 more, even though all the maps and all the vehicles look great. It's cool. Like, but... Buying in the side, I don't think that's something I'm going to spend as much time with. But I will say, really weird when that came out after the developer, Sony Liverpool, just ceased to exist. And then there was this indie dev later on that said, like, Wipeout or the studio lives on. And or maybe it was like a tease for this Wipeout collection saying, like, oh, no, we live on. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. That's okay. So I tried that. And that's pretty much it with the games. I'm going to try to play some more stuff, play some of the stuff that I haven't finished yet. Uh, but oh, to end it with with Spider-Man in particular, uh, still, I mean, originally it was my game of the year, uh, up until I played Tetris Effect, and I'm still trying to play that last level. But yeah, I completed everything in Spider-Man, and I still love that game. That is that, and Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy are games I will always repeat or try to repeat year by year because spider-man and how it moves and how it plays especially now unlocking everything it reminds me of that frenetic that pacing of gameplay and story and everything obviously with you know modern stuff aside that it reminds me why I loved Jack and Daxter back in the day. Like, I've never had another game be a part of that treasured list besides just Jack. And now Spider-Man's part of that. And it's not just because I'm a Spider-Man fan. It's because it's a great fucking game. And I'm so happy it exists. And I never thought in my years of playing bad Spider-Man games, and some good ones, maybe not good to everyone, but good to me, uh, Edge of Time in particular. Uh, it's nice to play a good, fantastic Spider-Man game. With that said, I'll go on to... haven't really watched many movies, but I yesterday, for New Year's, I went to see a morning showing of Bumblebee. Uh, it's really nice... Speaking of nice things, it's really nice to watch a good Transformers movie that isn't racist, doesn't show scantily clad women because of the director's erotic fantasies being made through these movies. Excuse, hold on a minute. Caught that burp. Uh, and not seeing random showings of the director's horrible politics showing up in the film randomly uh if you want to know why or how from michael bay that happened just remember in transformers 3 where shia labeouf is trying to interview to get for more work after man they never ex i just remember they never explained why he was with a new woman to be his girlfriend. Like, they literally picked a Victoria's Secret model. And I have no idea. I have no idea if she's still acting. 
I have nothing against that woman in particular, but literally Michael Bay, the commercial man, was like, I'm going to pick this woman because maybe she won't talk back like Megan Fox did. And now I look back on that incident where she called him a fucking Nazi. Boy, was she, like, ahead of her time. Everyone hated her for what she said. Everyone thought she was crazy. Boy, was she ahead of her fucking time because, man... 2019 predictions, Michael Bay reveals that he loves Nazism, calling it out. Calling it out. Everything else is fucked up in this world. Saying that? Bagman Domus, gonna, just gonna let y'all know. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, Transformers 3, trying to do, this is me with Tisha's right now. Uh, trying to do job interviews for work. And one of the guys that he almost got hired for was like, well, we like what we see here, but unfortunately, it seems you're a supporter of Obama. And it's like, or no, it was, it was the line was, it seems that uh, based on your voting uh, records, you seem to be a Democrat. And apparently that was not a way for him to get hired and like are you fucking kidding me with this shit like this is not like commentary or, or just like this is just your personal republican bullshit in this movie besides the other very republican fan base shit to appeal to anyway that shit is done. They're rebooting the franchise. And though this is supposed to be like a prequel to the original movie, this in some ways, Bumblebee, is almost like a new fresh start for the franchise. Holy shit. It is so nice to see Transformers actually do the thing they're supposed to do and is recognizable. And you can tell, okay... This person, trans this Transformer is this way. They got Optimus right. And he looks beautiful. And they have cameos from other Autobots. They show Cybertron. Soundwave has the tape. He sends out Ravager. It's great. Bumblebee is adorable. He's made to be a puppy dog after losing am his mind. Not mind. His amnesia. And they have a reason for him losing his voice box, which is better than the last movie's explanation, which was, eh, it just happened. He just have a voice box. Granted, again, this has to be the start for, like, a reboot for this franchise, because Transformers 5 made the audience have to deal with the fact or possibility that Bumblebee fought in World War II and was always on Earth. And other Transformers were always on Earth and were protected from people like Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass and Julius Caesar and other luminaries in this literal Illuminati to protect the Autobots. I don't even want to see if there is footage of the Transformers helping slaves on the Underground Railroad. But if there is, 
and not all at once, link it to me at Twitter slash at bagmanman. Because I have to see if that's real. Like, I have to know if there's footage of transform i have i need to know whether or not it's real or a joke that decepticons were trying to not only get autobots but the slaves but slaves like i i need to know if that stupid bullshit is in that movie like man i'm so happy for bumblebee i didn't even want to see bumblebee when it was first announced i thought like Oh, really? A Bumblebee movie? Are you fucking kidding me? And then I see the trailers, it's like, oh my god. He looks like, I mean, I never grew up on him, but like, he looks like his 80s design in some ways. He's a VW bug. Like, this is nice. This movie has Angela ba Bassett, Angela Bassett as a Decepticon. And that's really cool to say out loud. John Cena still continue to be a really charming person. And seems like a real nice guy in general because all his line delivery is fun. And like he's the one that made me laugh the most. Not like hearty har, but like more like, okay, that was funny. Yeah, this is funny. I like John Cena as an actor. Um... So Haley Stanfield, or Steinfield, I don't know how to pronounce it right. She's great. Whenever material, she was Spider-Gwen in Into the Spider-Verse. She was great there. She's great here. Uh, the actor, I guess, who plays the character Memo, he's barely given anything. He literally has no impact on the plot whatsoever besides just being, like, a potential new love interest for Sam. Not Sam. No, her name is Charlie. What the fuck am I saying, Sam? Oh, man. I'm thinking of other things right now. Uh, Charlie Hanley Stanfield's character. Family is not annoying, or wit wiki annoying. Thank fucking God. Oh, my God. Anthony Anderson, that one blonde woman I forgot the name of. They're not showing up here. Uh, there is, like, the weirdest small connection. Besides, like, dealing with, like, Sector 7 or whatever that military group that modernized the Transformers and Michael Bay's movies uh, is named. There's like a weird, besides that illusion, there's like this weird like small cameo, but not really from an actor who's playing a younger version of John Turturro's character. And I hope with this movie absolutely forgets everything that has to do with the main movies start over because the end of this movie basically is a way for it to be picked up in the first 2007 film but honestly you can do so much new shit with this movie to uh and this as quickly as possible start over like this is a great way to reintroduce this franchise like try to make like i learned a new thing with this movie so they show the trailer with sound wave shock wave optimus 
Bumblebee, all these Autobots, and there's more. There's more of the cameo here or there in the movie. Uh, but the a director, I think it's Travis Knight is his name, he wanted to have Megatron with his original design in this movie, but because of, like, stupid fucking lore bullshit with how Megatron has been buried in ice underground in the first movie for so long... That's why he, that he couldn't use him, so he used Soundwave instead. Still, it is fucking awesome to see Soundwave, and I hope they try to retcon and forget all those five films. Fuck those movies. Bumblebee is a good family film. It's good for kids. It's good for adults who grew up with the Transformers. If you're really annoyed with being reminded that this is set in the 80s, this might not be for you. But the 80s stuff didn't bother me. It, it was like slight annoyance. It's like, damn, I get it. Everyone loves Alf. The dude ate cats. Yeah. And not the kind that Twitter praises you for or uh, scolds you for not doing DJ Khaled. Anyway... If you'd like to hear more podcasts from yours truly, you can go to anchor.fm slash bagman to check there or on your uh, podcast service of choice, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it. I'm probably on it. You can catch me at twitter.com slash at bagmanman. Uh, 1 p.m., I'm going to have a piece on Shadow of the Colossus. That's basically like going over some of the stuff I said already at medium.com slash at bagmanman. I still got Twitch at twitch.tv slash bag three mans. Not the three in the name, just there's three mans because the one man was taken. Uh, I still got YouTube. I want to start to put more stuff up there. I think I uploaded something recently with me playing Battle Shaft Brigade. If not, you can go to youtube.com slash 123genmike. Hopefully one day I can finally change that name because it was during a time where I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And, yeah. That's been me, so... This is Bagman signing out, saying... Fuck Michael Bay, even though Armageddon is still funny to me. The Rock sucks, not the man, the movie. And I hope Daxter wears pants one day. See ya.